0: Hello Yogi, welcome to my podcast. I'm Aiko and on this show we explore ways to put spiritual theory into sustainable practice. Hello, welcome again Sham to my show.
1: Thank you very much Aiko.
0: So, where did we left last time?
1: So last time things had started happening, like Krishna has been sowing seeds of wisdom and now they're starting to bear fruit.
0: In chapter 5 of the Bhagavad Gita. So now we are walking into chapter 6. And um, you had given a very short trailer last time about this chapter. Would you like to present it in general? Like what kind of yoga we are talking about?
1: Yes. So this chapter is called, usually called, Dhyana Yoga. The Yoga of Meditation. So it's about kind of rigorous meditation, the kind of meditation that's practiced in Ashtanga Yoga.
0: Yeah, this is uh, a chapter very much referred to those who follow Ashtanga Yoga, right? Yes. Can you say something more about it?
1: Yes. Um. Like I was just thinking about it now before we sat down here. I was kind of identifying some topics in the chapter, just kind of from memory. So I would say that it's um, kind of presenting this rigorous meditation practice, and then comes Arjuna's doubts because this seems to be a very difficult practice, and then comes Krishna's response to that. And then comes Arjuna's doubt again, like what if I fail? And then at the end, and of course here we have Krishna's reassurance. And then at the end, Krishna goes kind of deeper into the ultimate meaning of yoga.
0: Okay, so why is this called the yoga of meditation?
1: Among the, the limbs of Ashtanga yoga, there is Dhyana meditation. So it's it's kind of one like important uh, step on the ladder of, of yoga. And it is the medit- kind of meditation that comes after do you know the sequence? Uh, just not now
0: by chance. Yes, we have the Yama Niyama, Asana, Pranayama, Pratyahara, Dharana, Dhyana and Samadhi.
1: Oh yes. So so kind of like you can say that the previous chapters have been dealing with the first two, the Yama and Niyama. It's kind of brought up a bit in the in the first five chapters uh, actually in depth you can say so now we come to kind of the rest not so much about asana here it's simply like asana simply means to sit down in a way that is comfortable for doing this practice but here the focus is more on like on these kind of later uh, steps of ashtanga yoga like to kind of focus the mind to meditate and to attain the complete uh, absorption samadhi
0: so, how is presented in the Bhagavad Gita? what Arjuna is doing? what is fearful?
1: yeah, so so like Krishna explains this like how this meditation is done, and it's uh, like I said, it's pretty rigorous you're you're supposed to go out in the forest, um like make a seat that is not too high and not too low because if it's too low, then you're close to kind of snakes and you know maybe da- dangerous things in the forest. And but if it's too high, then you might be kind of nervous that you will fall down <laughs> from your seat. So you have to kind of find a an appropriate height of your seat.
0: A safe one. Yeah, like a, a
1: safe in all respects. Not too high, not too low, <laughs> so that you can focus without you know worrying about. Uh, so that you can simply relax and go inward, kind of control the mind in a in, in a like in a rigorous way and arjuna he is he's he's kind of having doubts about this he's saying like the mind is more difficult to control than the wind
0: very true
1: yes and also krishna says that it's true like he confirms like yes you're you're right arjuna but he says but it, uh, it is possible through detachment and practice this is an uh, interesting point here to explain little bit how detachment works you kind of need some theory because detachment won't last when we are talking about like this level where we are still like doubting our uh, own ability to do such meditation the level of detachment we can do there is like is to kind of have some theory of how you say the sort of dangers and pitfalls of like not controlling your mind so that you come kind of detached from the kind of allurements (laughs) that try to like lure you away from doing this like serious practice so one example that has been given is is like you have a, a glass of water in front of you and you're thirsty then you are very attracted to this glass of water but if someone tells you there is poison in that water then you immediately develop detachment for for that particular glass of water. Like you're not feeling anymore. like Oh I want to drink this glass of water. Uh, because there is poison in it. But still, still you're thirsty. So you will still need to find. A good source of water. And drink from there. So in the same way. You have desire to. Absorb your mind in something. And you want to absorb it in. Things that are. Kind of temporary and mundane. And then someone tells you. Well, like that's that's poisonous. Like even even if you can't like with a glass of water, you, like you can't see that it's poison. It just looks like water to you. And in the same way, like mundane things in this world, yeah, just kind of mindless entertainment. For example, like like you may not see how it's how it's bad for you, but if you simply if you kind of take uh, if there is someone you trust and and you take their word for it, then you say okay. But but you're still like you still need something you're still like with the water like you're thirsty so you need something you need some kind of like joy like let's say that it's joy that you're you're like thirsty for and you think that joy is in these mundane entertainments but you are told that it's that that's poisonous and you can't see that but you trust it so you trying to find like a like a, a more healthy source of joy
0: very nice analogy we can say also be something like i don't know some people actually really like the pursuit of happiness it's one of the most common amongst people and also self-love self-care but often we don't know like that actually we are searching for that so we might end up like watching netflix series all evening or um, even you know drinks alcohol drink alcohol or taking drugs because we actually we are not really aware of what we are searching for and we don't know where to search it
1: yes this is the exact point of the of the thirst and the glass of water analogy
0: Mm, very beautiful so what does it mean really to meditate i heard a definition that meditation is the stealing of the stealing of the mind but uh, what what exactly we are, are we doing during the meditation
1: yes so like the example like given given here in the sixth chapter is to is to kind of focus your your gaze uh in between the eyes like i guess you can say like you know like try to focus on the third eye uh, as it's done, done in yoga But it's kind of saying to, like, do that for, like, long, for long periods, which can be, you know, difficult to kind of try to, like, not deviate or, like, get distracted from your kind of effort and to, like, be mindful and and kind of bring back the focus when you lose the focus and things like this. It's, so it's, it's to, to kind of be able to, like, look inward because we're always, like, our attention is always drawn outward.
0: Yes. So what's the main goal of this meditation it's,
1: it's to abide in, in one's own self to kind of actually experience your own it's, it's actually to experience yourself which is interesting like we have so many layers covering ourself and what we think is uh, is ourself is not really ourself here we can for example think about uh, the teachings of uh, the buddha because some, some people think that he was teaching that there is no self but that is not exactly what he what he was teaching if you study more more in depth like you know often kind of wisdom teachings get kind of diluted when they uh, <laughs> are talked about a lot in just like general society but like if you kind of go to the scholars and those who are like you know practicing deeply and studying deeply also you you will get a better understanding
0: so what the buddha was teaching
1: Yes, so he was teaching, like, he was saying, not self. And, and it's like a practice. You, you you kind of look at something uh, that you think is yourself, and then you ask, is this myself? And then the conclusion is, no, this is not myself. And and his point is that whatever you ask that about, you will come to the conclusion, no, this is not myself. Because whatever you can experience as uh, how you say as something as an object it cannot be the subject like the self that is experiencing that object so so this goes also for deep things like thoughts and the mind itself and the intelligence and ideas and uh, and kind of things that we are identifying with so what he he means is that whatever you identify with is not you (laughs) He means that you have to kind of continue doing that till you come to a point where, like, you can't ask the question anymore. Like, there is no question to ask because you're already there. So, so it's nothing that that can be pointed out. Like, like that is like myself, <laughs> or like this is myself. Oh, this is me, because like w- whatever you can have like language to explain that can't be it, because the self is is beyond language.
0: Mm, that's very beautiful. It reminds me of. Uh... Krishangi, our dear friend, there is actually a podcast episode with her. And um, she got, when in her 20s, she got her feet amputated because uh, she had some deformation. And she was saying that a doctor asked her if she had any identifying issue, like if she couldn't identify into her body anymore. And for her, it was like, almost shocking because she said like, I'm not my feet. With or without, I'm still myself. And it's so beautiful.
1: Yes. Yes, like this is a, you know, like a very perfect example. Because yes, like, of course, like the body is the first thing we we identify with. I guess the mind is, but like we don't really think about it.
0: Yeah, also our, our jobs. I believe many people identify in that or like our, in, in our Strongest relationship, like for example, mothers they identify to be a- as a mother and they are mother in that specific time, but this is not what they are, like, ultimately.
1: Yes, exactly. You know, like when you identify yourself with something that could change, then, like, what are you when that thing changes? Like, let's say you're a husband, but when you then like divorce. If you if you really identified as a husband, and you think that's you, then what are you now that you're not? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So anyway, like like this this kind of rigorous and strong uh, practice to kind of focus on this, Arjuna had had like a doubt like this seems impossible. It seems like to try to control the wind. And like I said, Krishna said it's it's possible through practice and detachment. So when I made this point about detachment, like there is like a, like a higher stage of like when you're kind of more accomplished in your practice, then you will have this detachment naturally. But here Krishna is talking about like a, like a practice of detachment. Mm. So like I said, like when you actually kind of remind yourself by, for example, analogies, like, like the, the glass, the poisoned glass of water, but he says by detachment and practice, so, like, when you come into, like, an, like an aha moment, like, that of, of uh, that kind of inspires detachment, like, that is, like, not going to last. But you kind of get into that just mind state of detachment temporarily, and then you take the chance. It's like a window of, oppor- of opportunity for, for the moment. So then you take that opportunity and you practice for as long as you can, like, that time, uh, like, meditation. And Krishna is also emphasizing here that it's like when you don't have detachment as a natural state of mind, like permanently. Then you kind of need to see your whole life as your practice and and not not just when you're sitting down to practice.
0: Yeah, yoga is one of these things that it's more the journey than the goal. So yoga is more the journey and goal.
1: Yes. So Krishna is, is stressing in, in one text there that you need to be balanced in your eating, your sleeping, your direct practicing, and in your recreation. So he's kind of like here, like the practice is, is a part of those aspects. But what he means there is that like it all has to be encompassed within. You have to kind of center the eating and sleeping and, and the recreation around the practice and in that way, it all becomes the practice. And in the end, it will be all just practice. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a little funny. It's, it becomes like a play of words. but
0: Yeah, it's very beautiful. And it's very much centered on my next course. I'm going to launch in a month or something. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very important to understand that that... It's, it's really, yoga It's a method and that you can use anything you do during the day in order to accomplish your final goal. And then this becomes the journey, you know. It's very deep and beautiful.
1: Yes, it is. But still, Arjuna has doubts.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are his doubts again?
1: Yeah, so he's, he's um, worried now that if he makes this commitment to kind of center everything in his life around his his practice i mean like like this means to still have you know like you have your eating and sleeping and recreation and and social things but you you put like you make your your practice the the main kind of guiding principle in in your life and like other things only have meaning in, in relation to that so here arjuna is worried that if he if he fails in the practice then like everything will lose its meaning Mm. and he will be like like he will not have any any standing anywhere like he will not have any standing in in any like deep realization and he he will also not have meaningful relationships or like he, he won't find like life meaningful because he had kind of sworn off any like separate meaning (laughs) than than, like the meaning that that his practice is giving even though you have the other aspects in your life Mm. it's a deep it's a deep uh, concern like a deep uh, a kind of subtle worry it can be hard to like relate to if you haven't been like trying to like make that commitment yourself
0: yes and what krishna has to say in this regard
1: he's saying do not worry he's saying that sincerity can never fail it's uh, he he speaks very affectionately to Arjuna there he says that for for someone who is sincere they can never be overcome by by evil there may come so many obstacles but and and you may even stray away from the path but like it's like whatever as he has mentioned in earlier chapters, like whatever progress you have made, it, like it won't go away. And and if, if you kind of lose your way, you can just pick up where you left off when you find your way back to it.
0: Very, very beautiful. So maybe you can give a very short trailer for chapter seven.
1: Yes. So in this chapter six itself, that there is kind of a trailer in the last verse of the chapter, uh, verse uh, 47. Because he says there that those who become like Krishna is saying that those who become my my devotees are the best of all yogis, and the reason for this is that like when you come in touch with yourself, like let's first look at a at like a mundane example because that's that's gonna make it easier to relate. That if you really do like soul searching, like f- find out who you are. Uh, as a person in this world you will find that like you are not in like an, an isolated entity you are you know a com- a combination of influences from uh, from your parents from society and of course you also have your own personality but it's not something isolated it's not an island it's um your your kind of personality is uh, shaped around all your relations and in the same way when you practice yoga like we said it's about finding the self abiding in the self and there it's the same way like when you really find yourself uh, your inner self you also find its source because your inner self is also not an isolated entity it's it's a part of like of like a bigger soul you can say called the, the paramatma who is the source of all souls so you like on that plane you, you become connected with everything that lives but on a soul level and with your source with your common source and and you kind of experience your like natural love for that source so that is like the fullness of yoga is to get to know yourself so deeply that you also simultaneously get to know your source
0: very beautiful union within and without
1: yes and and this kind of opens up for the the coming six chapters which is all about this actually about the the soul relating with the super soul atma with paramatma
0: yeah because there there is a kind of section like the first six chapters and the last six no and the, ser- the second six and then the last six, right?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so like the the middle six chapters is kind of like, you know, embedded in between the first six and the last six. So I it, say it's kind of the essence of the book couched in between the other <laughs> chapters. It's like the, I say the core.
0: Okay. So looking forward for the next time. Thank you. Thank you too. I hope this episode fulfilled its purpose of inspiring you. If you like it, feel free to share it, give a review or a rating, subscribe. And if you have any questions, please get in touch at aikoyogareiki.com. Namaste.